Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Behind the Curtain podcast. I'm your host, Justin Loy. This is a podcast where we take an inside look at an expat life. As an American citizen who has lived in Central Europe for almost 20 years, I'm going to take you behind the scenes to explore the joys and struggles of a foreigner. So we're here with Terka Nidobova, uh, my friend. Terka, tell me a little bit about where you're living. Um, so I live in Norway. I moved there uh, two years ago, three almost. And first I came there for this uh, international program where I was going to save up money and then travel, but that didn't work out. So now I just live there and I work in a hotel. I work with dogs. Wait a minute. I want to I ask about the dogs thing. Tell me about your dogs. Like you're living in Norway with, with, with these dogs. Can you explain to me a little bit about what type of dogs these are? Uh, so we have nine of them and it's huskies and malamutes and they're like mainly sled dogs. Uh-huh. So we train them in the summer to pull some stuff and in the winter we go skiing, we do dog sledding, just go for walks. So you're saying you do this dog sledding on snow? Yeah. Can you tell me one of your experiences about being on a dog sled? I mean, it's not a typical thing for people. Now, I remember the first time when I went, uh, because we have this like a husky farm or like not a farm, they're making like uh, long tours. And that was the first time when I went dog sledding and they were just offering it for free, like as the beginning of season, because we're like a business that was close by. So uh, that was the first time, but that Back then, you just like literally just stand on a sled and the dogs are doing whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we have our dogs, um, we went first time last year and we wanted to make it to this uh, cottage that was 20 kilometers away. And um, yeah, I've never went on a sled like with our dogs before and our dogs like are, they're a bit difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were going downhill and uh, as you have the sled like you have these two lines next to you and when you're going uphill uh, it's better if you're running next to it mm-hmm. and then uh, we were going down and I wanted to jump in and I know that I just get my like leg stuck in it and I just like turned all over wow <laughs> landed on my face it was it was very elegant <laughs> that's great not many people get the experience of being on dog, dog sled no, and not really. It's just I think it's like a thing in Norway where people like they go for a dog sled and for uh, watching Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a little bit. About, you're you're Czech living in Norway. Mm-hmm. What's been What's been interesting about living in Norway? I think the first time, uh, like I still remember the first time when I came by plane and I was sitting in the window and I was just looking down and it was all woods. Hmm. completely all of it and yeah I mean then the thing is everything's super expensive like really expensive Hmm. so uh, I wanted to buy some water at the airport cost me eight euros wow not even half a liter and then like I I had some rubbish from food Uh, I wanted to throw it away and then like you know in Czech you have like three containers for recycling and they had six wow yeah, there were like six, like at the airport at the train station where you would just expect like one for everything, but they had six. I was so confused, like where it goes because it's like for uh, special carton boxes and different kinds of glass. And that's that it's like culture shock, right? You get yeah. there and everything's. I mean, I was expecting the prices, I knew it's like super 
expensive, but I think it was all that I, uh, like I researched about the country. I just knew it's expensive and that was it. How long have you been there? Uh, I moved there August 2019, so two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. So what, what for you, Terka, has been some of the biggest challenges that you've, you've experienced? <laughs> I was always like, a, used to be home and I had my parents to take care of everything. I wasn't paying anything. I was just helping with some chores and now I moved abroad. I had to like fill up all of these papers for registration, for taxes, for health card and like different things. And yeah, I think the most complicated one was the tax one. <laughs> because I'm really bad in math, like really, really bad. And yeah, nothing happened. I, I think I did it right actually, but there was like the most challenging thing to like know what papers to fill and where to find them, where to bring it and then schedule the appointments. I, I, I totally believe that because in my experience, mm -hmm. that is some of the hardest things, the bureaucracy of something. And you, you get these papers and um, they will tell you in this special bureaucratic language, which is not normal language. Mm -hmm. And that can be quite, quite challenging. Yeah, I know that like, the biggest issue for me was the health card because for that, like, you need to prove that you're living there, that you're going to stay there for some time. You need pay slips and copies of like, different papers and registrations. And then, uh, yeah, I needed this uh, tax card like, to prove that I'm paying taxes there. And first of all, I couldn't find like any of my pay slips. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't count it, and then when I found it, uh, I realized that okay, I found the payslip, but it's in Norwegian. So yeah. <laughs> it took me a while, like, to realize like how much I'm paying and how much I'm getting to fill it up. And then I think I got the card after like six months. Do you, the Nor the Norwegians mm -hmm. when you're in any interaction with them? Do do you find that they're drawn to you as a foreigner or? Do they distance themselves from you? I don't think they will be drawn to me as such because they don't know that uh, that I'm not Norwegian. So I think it's usually mostly when uh, they start talking to me and I don't understand. So I have to admit that I'm sorry, I don't understand. And uh, most of them, they actually apologize for talking Norwegian to me. So like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'll speak English. And... Um, yeah, some of them, they ask, like, where am I from and uh, why did I move, how long I'm there. Just last week, uh, I met a guy who said that he was, like, 15 times in Czech Republic in uh, Nove Mesto. Really? Yeah, the place where they were doing biathlon. <laughs> and he said that, oh, like, I was training there and I know this guy that's, like, representing Czech. And he was super excited, like, I was in Ostrava and there's, like, a really nice place to do skiing. I was like, okay. <laughs> um... How would you say that your life in Norway, living a life as a foreigner, how has it changed you? How's Nor living in Norway changed you as a person? I think I became more independent because I didn't go there with like any friend or anyone from my family. So I was basically on my own from the very beginning. So I had to figure out how to do everything. Like, how to take care of the stuff that I need, like make some sort of schedule and then uh, do the work and figure out when I have free time, what I'm going to do. Would you, would you recommend living like as a, in, in Norway to other people? Would you recommend it to them? Yes. Why? 
Because um, to me, it's a country where like you can literally be anyone and like from anywhere. Because there's a lot of people that uh, are coming from abroad. There's, for example, a lot of Polish, a lot of people from Latvia or Lithuania. And I think for us, it's easy to get a job like in, in hotels or anything. And then like Norway is having amazing landscapes. Now that you've spent time there, how do you see the world differently? I mean, do you, do you see it different? How do you see the Czech Republic differently? Um, I just noticed it. I was going uh, by train a few days ago, and like I was listening to people like around me talking, and like everybody was complaining. Everybody was complaining so bad. If from here in Czech, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, there's these people from abroad coming here, and you know, they're doing this and that, and the thing is, in Norway, you can be like literally anyone. Mm. And they like to have foreigners. Uh, even though they're Norwegians, they're not open. Like it's hard to make Norwegian friends because they're like stuck in their little like ski clubs or like, some free time activities. But yeah, I think they're still more open than like a Czechs are. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you What do you like about Norwegians or their culture? They're like super into anything outdoor. Like, like what? Can you give me an example? Like the whole summer they're uh, biking or they have these uh, roller skis and like as soon as the snow melts like you can see them out like adults, old people, little children and in the winter like as soon as there's the first snow there's everybody's out on the skis. Yeah. Like literally everyone. Um, when I came to Norway like, I couldn't do cross country skiing but I learned there was like two years ago and I'm still so sure that like a three-year-old can like put me to shame for the <laughs> Do you have any good stories of, uh, of cross-country skiing? Yeah, uh, I mean, we just learned with my friend and uh, I mean, I was from Czech and uh, she was from Greece. So the whole idea of like skiing was like new to us, <laughs> like, especially cross-country. And uh, it was like three weeks when we like knew how to do it, and then she's like, "Oh, let's go to this hotel that's like twelve kilometers away." <laughs> and the thing was like getting there, it like it wasn't such a problem because there was light and everything. We had some coffee, hot chocolate, and cake, and then uh, we were coming back. And I didn't count on coming so late, so I didn't take a light. I, I didn't have map or like literally anything. <laughs> And it got so foggy that you couldn't see like 20 meters in front of you. Yeah. And we were just trying to make it back, like this another 12 kilometers to our place. And it was just so bad. We came to this <laughs> giant crossing. There was like six roads you can go. And then like, I know that that was the crossing because there was like a little building next to it, but I didn't know where we came from because you couldn't see the road. <laughs> so we found there was a map. So, you know, we scratched the snow of it. <laughs> <laughs> And like I figured out which way we should go, but I still couldn't see the road. So I wanted wow. to go like a little bit of downhill. And I thought there's the truck that's like cut and fresh and really good. And there was just this like a half meter of powder. <laughs> so I just kind of fell in it. But we found a way back. We came back when it was like super dark. Yeah, you must have been super tired too. Yeah, also it took us like four hours. <laughs> now you were saying you were skiing with with uh, a colleague or a friend from Greece, your situation, you were around a lot of people from different countries, correct? Is that, yes. if that's right. What did you learn 
about the world or, or life or life as a foreigner by being around so many different nations, people from different nations. I think I found out that uh, a lot of people, they're trying to like stick to their culture, like uh, with food, because we're always taking turns with cooking. And you could always say when there was like a Spanish or Italian cooking, because they were doing like stuff from their home and uh, uh, Spanish, they're used to put oil into salads. Mm -hmm. So there was one thing that you could always say like, okay, it's a Spanish, uh, if there was pasta, we had two Italians cooking pasta in the kitchen and one was from North and one was from South. And they were fighting how to do the pasta <laughs> the correct way because both of them were doing it differently and they wanted to do it the way that they're doing it at home. And uh, also before Christmas, yeah, a lot of people, they got packages with uh, sweets from home also. And how did you, re did, you, did you do any cooking and how did you represent Czech cooking to them? I didn't actually. <laughs> I was avoiding cooking because there was a lot of people who were vegans or vegetarians, mm -hmm. gluten-free and something. And yeah, I said that rather dish was than cook. <laughs> uh, what did you a lot Tech, a lot of times it seems to me that when someone goes to a foreign country, they miss something from their home country. Is there anything that you've missed? What what have you missed the most? from your home country maybe it's a food maybe it's it's something else i think in general it was just my grandma's cooking mm. <laughs> oh because like uh my grandma she cooks really good and she would always call me like oh so when are you coming back i would like to cook for you and then she found out that uh that my mom she's uh sending me back it's <laughs> like do you think that if I put the food there and they send it, if it's going to be good? <laughs> I was like, yeah, depends what. And then once she decided to send me like this green piece, a little package in a plastic bag. And that was also like when it was the first lockdown and everything was slower. And she told me that, well, you know, I didn't tell your mom what was in there. I, I told her it was a book. <laughs> And she sent it, but you know, I did this experiment. I put the green piece like in a, in a plastic bag into my storage and they're like starting to blow up a little bit. So, so they're green peas? Yeah, yeah. She, she sent it to me. And she, was, she was so happy because I, like, I love green peas and it's so hard to mm -hmm. get it in Norway. And it's expensive and it doesn't really? taste so good. Yeah. What other types of things can't you get in Norway? That you could get here. I mean, Norwegian as such, I think they're very careful what they like uh, have in their own market. So you cannot find like much of fast foods. Like, you can find Burger King and McDonald's, for example, but you cannot you cannot find like KFC or yeah something that we have here. And it's also about the brands. Like, for example, with sweets, they have only their brand. And if you want, I don't know. For example, KitKats, like I love KitKats and you cannot find them in Norway. I actually just found them last week. We are, in the city, we have this uh, like a little Turkish shop and they have also Polish stuff and they had KitKats. Wow. They had like four of them, but they had them. So how many did you buy? I didn't buy any. I, I forgot my card. <laughs> uh, Tarka, what makes a good foreigner in your opinion? Uh, do, do you think a foreigner has a responsibility to the culture they're living in? Yeah, definitely. I think it's like uh, trying to respect their own traditions. And like 
preferably to learn the language, which I still haven't. <laughs> but yeah, it's like on the to-do list. Can, can you say something in Norwegian? No. Okay. <laughs> Probably no, not on. I mean, I I understand, but I know, I know. I can understand a little bit, but I put pressure on you. Very bad idea. <laughs> um, what do you wish you knew before you became a foreigner that now you know? I don't think I would like wish to know anything because I like the way that all of it happened, and I just had to figure it out on my own, and like it was surprising, and then I had to figure out. Like, okay, this is how they do it. Was there ever a time where you felt vulnerable as a foreigner? Where you, you weren't sure about something or there was a, a difficult situation? I mean, for me, it's always difficult when somebody comes and uh, I cannot understand them. So I ask them to, like, if, if they wouldn't mind talking English. So that's always like, I feel so bad. And once we had uh, these three guys and they came in and I saw them signing, I was like, Man, that, that cannot be good. <laughs> and then they came and uh, like one of them, he could, like, he could manage a little bit, but in Norwegian. So he was trying to order something and I was like, okay, now I cannot even um, like explain them that I don't speak Norwegian and I don't understand. And uh, I mean, we figured out that they want coffee. And at the time, our coffee machine was broken. So I had to explain them, like show them that, okay, like 10 minutes, I'll make you a coffee, like from the press or something. And they're like, oh, okay. I mean, they were so satisfied. They came again the next day. <laughs> That's good. That's a good sign. <laughs> but, but it felt so bad at the beginning. Like I couldn't explain them anything. I, I, I've always struggled sometimes with understanding. And um, there'll be times where a Czech is speaking a lot of slang and I don't know what they're saying. And my first reaction is, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like, like I, I, I fake like I know what I'm saying or what I fake what I, I know what they're saying. And, and then sometimes I'll ask them to repeat it, but I always know I get one chance. You can't ask them to repeat it two, three, four times or else. So um, sometimes I fake that I understand, which... It's embarrassing to me. Yeah, I also do that. And it actually works most of the times. It's true. It's like, uh, for example, like people are ordering what they want. And they want, I don't know, like four items or five. And I, I think I manage numbers from one to ten, but I always mistaken two of them. <laughs> Which ones? I think it's six and seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's six and seven. And then I was so confused and I asked them like, uh, like again. And they said it again in Norwegian. I was like, okay, it's 50-50. <laughs> how, do, how, how do people from Czech culture now, do they look at you any differently now that you've lived for about a couple of years in a foreign country? I don't think my family or like, uh, sees me any different because they're just living here. And, you know, like for my parents, like, you know, they're always going to come back and visit us. I mean, uh, I know my grandma, she, she took it pretty bad <laughs> because I was living abroad, but uh, I think it's mostly for my friends because most of them, they also live abroad or study abroad. So they know how it is and then we can also it's like share experiences and what we've done. You seem particularly close with your grandmother. Yes. Do you think she'll ever come visit? 
actually she was supposed to come visit with my parents last year um they wanted to come like uh, in spring and they like we planned the whole date and when they're gonna come and how and then my grandma's like well i should get a passport so she actually got her passport done she's never had a passport in 75 years so she got her passport done she bought a winter jacket she bought a winter hat and then uh they couldn't come because of the first lockdown so I guess she was so into coming. She just wanted to come and see where I live and what I do. See the influence you have? Yeah. You're able to take somebody who has never had a passport before or you know, and, and to get them to come travel. That's, that's, that's a pretty... Uh... Yeah, but the thing is, I didn't know that she was making the passport. I was told afterwards. Wow. Uh, but the thing is, you don't need passport to go to Norway. Like, just an ID is enough. <laughs> but it's cool that she yeah, actually did it. Yeah, I, I got a passport and she was so proud. That's cool. She should be proud. She should be proud. She should be proud. Hey, um, a couple more questions. Um, you've spent most of your time in Norway during the COVID pandemic. And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about COVID or anything. But what type of challenges did that bring to you? Uh, they closed down the first time I work in a hotel, so uh, they closed the whole hotel for like a month and a half, two months, and uh, we basically couldn't work. So we didn't have any money, how to pay rent and so on, so we had to find a job. So we found it's like a part-time job, we were, we were uh, collecting rubbish along the road. <laughs> and yeah, then it looked like we, we won't be able to work again in a hotel, so I had to look for a job. like anywhere in Norway. I was calling farms, I was like calling shops. I sent like a bunch of CVs and it was just so hard because uh, they didn't answer. And then uh, there was one guy that was working in a cafe like on north of Norway, which is like a day traveling. <laughs> and he seemed like quite interesting that, oh, we're running this little cafe. And like, do you think like you could manage to live here? I was like, well, because <laughs> it was also at the time when it's getting really dark. so. Mm -hmm. It's like dark most of the time up there. So I said like, okay, like, I know it's a job, but I'm sorry, but I wouldn't manage. Yeah, that sounds like a Yeah, a but luckily move. then uh, we could work again in a hotel, so I didn't have to move or like look for a new accommodation or anything. Good. That's good. I'm glad you're able to survive there. Um, how would your life be different if you had never lived overseas? I think I would be definitely less like self-confident because mm -hmm. like I could always ask like my parents to help me with something and do this and do that. Uh, I think it was also pretty easy to get a job here. So yeah, I think I would be actually still living with them. Maybe I would be studying. <laughs> Is there anything that you here in Czech that prepared you for this foreigner life? I think it was actually BMA. Oh. Because uh, there was a lot of people from here who like went to study abroad and then they would always come back and you know, have a presentation about where they went, what they're doing. It was always like really inspiring and then it was uh, like for me when I decided I want to go abroad, I think it was when we went to Ireland. Because I liked the way that we had it combined. That, like one day we worked and one day we went to travel somewhere and then like we were working to help someone and then we could just go again and see something. That was a good trip. For all those that are listening, uh, we had a class, uh, we had a, a school, we had a school trip where we went to Ireland and it was, it was quite uh, a great experience. Um, last question, or it's not a question, but finish the sentence. The foreigner life 
Uh, the foreigner life is uh, exciting. It can be really hard, but I think it's definitely worth it. And if you have a chance to move abroad or study, just do it. That's pretty cool. And you might just be able to be on a dog sled on a regular basis. <laughs> yes, there's a chance. <laughs> you live quite the adventurous life. Thank you for uh, thank you, Terka, for spending time and and uh, doing this interview. I yes, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Curtain podcast. If you want to get the show notes or have new episodes delivered directly to your phone, you can go to the website behindthecurtainpodcast.buzzsprout.com to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, any ratings, reviews, or shares are greatly appreciated. If you'd like to connect, you can write me at thebehindthecurtainpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your questions and comments. This is Justin Loy. Take care, and I'll talk to you later.